to 2 Corinthians chapter 8. We're going to read verses 1 to 9. The ladies thing is at 7 on Friday and 10 on Saturday morning. There you go. 7 on Friday, 10 on Saturday. Second um, Corinthians 8. 1 to 9. You got it, Julia? You're going to find it. Uh, it says, Moreover, brethren, we do you to wit of the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. How that in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded into the riches of their liberality. For to their power I bear record, yea, and beyond their power they are willing of themselves. Praying with us, praying us with much entreaty that we would receive the gift and take it upon us the fellowship of the ministering of the saints. And this they did, not as we hoped, but first gave their own selves to the Lord and unto us by the will of God. I think we'll just stop there. Verse 5, again it says, but first gave their own selves to the Lord. I want to talk about first Give yourselves to God. <laughs> um, let's just pray again uh, together tonight. Jesus, hallelujah, we thank you uh, for what you're already doing. I pray, God, that you would continue to work and challenge us. Uh, I pray, draw us closer to you. I pray, God, speak to our hearts tonight through your word. Let your will be done, I pray, in the name of Jesus. Amen. You can be seated. <laughs> um, the last bit, well, a little bit, we've been going through um, some of the things that Jesus told us to do first, or the Bible tells us to do first. Uh, we've been kind of going back and forth between Sunday morning and Sunday night, and we talked about um, you know, this a little bit about one of them this morning, and uh, so we're going to continue on that tonight. Um, but um, first, when we talked about seeking first the kingdom of God and this one is closely connected um, to that and uh, anyone who seeks the will of God first in their lives will because of that give their lives to him as well but it's a good reminder that uh, even after we take that initial step of seeking the kingdom first we're going to uh, face this ongoing challenge of keeping ourselves dedicated um, to God. So we've been talking about priorities, and um, the Bible tells us, you know, first do this thing, and then do that thing. A lot of times we get it backwards, we'll seek our kingdom first instead of his, and we'll, um, um, it says first be reconciled with your brother, and we'll, but we'll kind of ignore that and bring our sacrifice, uh, it says do that after, and um, things like that. And this morning we talked about, it said first um, clean the outside. Or, sorry, clean the inside and then work on the outside. And so um, we, we like to get it backwards. And so that's kind of what we're trying to do the last little bit is trying to um, get our priorities straight and get aligned with the, the word. And so when our priorities are off, our, our focus is only on our own desires and we're only 
pursuing our own things, our own wants, our likes, and all that. It creates a, an environment for lukewarmness to develop. And that's a good old Bible word that we use. It, Revelation, it comes from Revelation chapter 3, uh, verse 14 to 19. Uh, this is where the angels, or sorry, um, God is saying things to different churches in um, seven different churches. It says, And the angels of the church of Laodicea write the words of the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of God's creation. He says, I know your works. You are neither hot nor cold. Would that you are either hot or cold. So because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spew you out of my or spit you out of my mouth. And for you say, I am rich, I have prospered and need of nothing. Not realizing that you are wretched, pitiable, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy for me clothe refined by fire so that you may be rich in white garments so you may clothe yourself and the shame of your nakedness may not be seen and salve to anoint your eyes that you may see those whom I love. I reprove and discipline so be zealous and repent. The church of Laodicea is um, infamous for being lukewarm and they were re rebuked in the book of Revelation for being lukewarm and that, um, we've heard, I've heard people preach about this lukewarmness and being on fire for God and all that. And, uh, but it doesn't mean that they weren't amen in the preacher or running the aisles or um, shouting in church or whatever. The Bible says their lukewarmness was a result of them believing that they had no need of anything. That they had it, they had it all under control. And they were pursuing their own desires with in their own wants. They said, I've prospered. I need nothing. And that's what people say whose eyes are on their own kingdom. I can work for whatever I want. I can keep all my stuff. I really, I really don't need anything from anyone else. I don't need anything from God. I just, I'm good. I got it all under control. But when we stretch ourselves for the kingdom of God, we'll find that we do need things a lot of times. When God calls us to something, calls us to do something, we'll find that we really can't do it. We need him. And um, God's calling will often stretch us. When we act like the church in Laodicea, we create an environment where we give of what we have and we don't give of our, ourselves. I've got all these things. I don't need anything, so I'm going to give some, some to God. When we study the Bible and the church in the New Testament, we see that God wants us first and our stuff second. And sometimes we believe that if we just give Stuff. I don't know if anyone actually believes this in their head, but we, we act this way. If I just give things, you know, it's fine. I can live however I want, but if we pay our tithes and we give to missions and we send our kids to Sunday school, whether we go or not, it doesn't really matter. Um, you know, I can donate to a church and whatever, and that's, that's fine, and that's good enough. That's all we really need to do, and then I'll just hold my, my spot. And when I'm ready to come, then I'll, I'll come. And causes even... God's causes can be supported by people um, without ever being committed to them. God's not asking us to just throw money at things, but he wants us to be involved. And that's, um, what's so, we've had a, mission, a few missionaries come through. And there's one thing that every missionary says when they come through. They're literally on their way raising money to go to their field or to put roofs on churches or to build churches or Bible schools and all that. But every one of them that comes through says, if you can't, even if you can't give up, pray for us. Just, if all you can do is just pray. I don't care if you give anything, God will provide, just pray. They always ask for prayer more than they ask for money. Why? Because God wants 
us involved in the work. Prayer is a personal thing, and if we're praying for them, prayer is connecting us to, to the cause, and prayer takes time out of our lives. I don't know if you realize that. But when you pray, time goes by. You've got to carry out some time. Prayer takes time. Personal involvement and surrender to God is the first thing. It's a priority. It's more important than the gifts. Giving even spiritual gifts without a love and loyalty to God, His will, His cause. And, uh, without it, without love, we're just uh, empty noise. 1 Corinthians 13. Um, we give, uh, giving gifts of time and talent and money, they're, they're necessary and it's beneficial to us and to the kingdom. But it's what we should do. I'm not saying that, but God says give ourselves first. Jesus didn't die to save my bank account. He didn't die to save my talents. He didn't die to save my time. He died to save my soul, to save me. And like everything else we've kind of talked about so far, there, this is a, a, fine, a fine line between first and what happens after. Because if I give myself to God, then it's going to affect these things. If I give myself over to Him totally, it's going to affect my bank account or my talents or my time. My love for Him will be reflected in those things and other things I'm sure we can think of. But I need to give myself first. God doesn't need my resources or my wealth or power, whatever I have. Um, I just laugh because I don't really have much. Proverbs, or Proverbs, that's not the right one. Psalms 50 and 12 says, If I were hungry, I would not tell thee, for the world is mine and the fullness thereof. That's God speaking. He owns everything. He doesn't need these things. He's not going to go hungry if we don't give him something to eat. Instead, his kingdom needs dedicated men and women who have given themselves first to him. We are the, I don't know how else to say this, but we are the currency of God. He spends people. He spends us. He uses us to reach others. He uses us to encourage others. He uses us to, to pray for others and to lift others up and to disciple others, to preach, to teach, to invite, to witness to go and to stay. He uses us to do these things. And when we give ourselves to him, he will make a way and he will provide for us. Philippians 4.19 says, But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. God can give us whatever we need, but only we can give ourselves to him. He never forces or demands personal or individual loyalty. He just asks it. The opening um, scripture we read, there's a church in Macedonia. And they really give us an example of what it looks like to have this lived out. In Acts chapter 16, Paul's in the middle of his, what we call his second uh, missionary journey. And they're kind of praying and looking to see where they should go next in this, this journey, where they should, you know, God wants them to go to start a church and all this, and they're relying on the Holy Ghost to lead them in Acts chapter 16, 6 to 10. It says, now when they had gone through um, Phrygia and the region of Galatia, were forbidden of the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia. So God stopped them from going to this place. After they were come to Mysia, they Assayed to go into 
Bithynia, I don't know, Bithynia. But the spirits suffered them not. So they were going, okay, we're going to go to this place. And God said, no, you're not. And they, passing by, Mysia um, came down to Troas, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. And there stood a man of Macedonia and prayed him, saying, come over into Macedonia and help us. And after he had seen the vision, immediately we endeavored to go into Macedonia, surely gathering that the Lord had called us for to preach the gospel unto him. So the, fact, the, the way they get to Macedonia is pretty cool in the first place. And so God said, no, I don't want to go here. I don't want to go there. I want you to come here to preach. So Paul goes to this place, Macedonia, and he starts and establishes um, a church. So Macedonia is kind of like a, a, a province in that day. And then he starts a, a church in Philippi and Thessalonica and Berea. And these are all in this area. And they also evangelize a place called Acacia which is a neighboring province. So Macedonia and Acacia are two neighboring provinces. Well, this matters later. Trust me. <laughs> Just giving you some geography. Um, and so from these places, we have some great Christians that rise up and they give themselves totally to God. And they not only give themselves, but they also give what little they have. This area is extremely poor. They don't have a lot of stuff. And Paul uses these Christians as an example for the church then and the church today. And so we read from 2 Corinthians, which is written through the letter, or written to the church in Corinth, which is a city in Acacia. So that's why that matters. It's a neighboring province. And he uses the believers in Macedonia as examples of their personal devotion to Jesus. So again, he says, Moreover, brethren, we do, we do you to wit the grace of God bestowed in the church of the Macedonia. How that in a great trial of affliction and abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded into the riches of their liberality. For to their power I bear record, yea, and beyond their power they were willing of themselves. And praying us with much entreaty that we would receive the gift and take upon us the fellowship of the ministry of the saints. And this they did not as we hoped, but first gave their own selves to the Lord and unto us by the will of God. So these people in Macedonia, they were incredibly poor. And this is like Biblical poor. Not like, you know, we say we're broke, but there's money coming on certain dates. Even if you don't have a job, there's money coming. Um, <clears throat> there's a paycheck, you know, even if we have a job, there's a paycheck coming at the end of the week. And we may be living paycheck to paycheck, but that next one's coming. Um, we've got stuff to eat and all that. And uh, If we really wanted to, we could, we got enough stuff in our house we could sell and probably um, survive if we had to. Um, these guys are just poor, um, poor, poor. There's, there's no safety net from the government, um, no welfare. Uh, and even though they had very little, the Bible tells us they gave, from, they gave what they had to the work of God. And when we preach or teach about this church in Macedonia, often the emphasis is on how they were willing to sacrifice and give, even though they had very little to give. And we talk about their sacrifice, and I think I've done it before, and, and how we should be willing to give everything that we have. And that's what they did. You know, in verse 5, Paul puts some emphasis on the order of their giving. He says, but first gave their own selves to the Lord, and then they gave unto us by the will of God. And interestingly enough, in the next chapter, Paul tells them, the church in Corinth, that what stirred up the Macedonian churches to give so much and be willing to sacrifice is because he told them what was happening in the churches in Acacia. 
and where the Corinth was. Verse uh, Chapter 9, verse 2, it says, For I know your readiness, of which I boast about you to the people of Macedonia, saying that Acacia has been ready since last year, and your zeal has stirred up most of them. This is pretty interesting to me. I don't know if it's interesting to you, but... This would be like uh, us hearing what God's doing in New Brunswick, and it causing us to do more, to be more dedicated to God, or to give more, start more churches and whatever, and go and all that stuff. And then hearing about what God's doing here, and then the same thing happening back and forth. Churches encouraging uh, each other to grow and be more dedicated to God, and that's what's happening. And this shows us that the early church across the board, for the most part, was was like this. They they encouraged each other, and the testimonies from different places caused the believers to grab a hold and push. Uh, further into their devotion to Jesus. And I, I think that should be our reaction when we hear these types of stories. When we hear that the church down the road's having a move of God and people are being baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost, we shouldn't be jealous and think, well, how come it's not happening here? Or when we hear praise reports from missionaries, we think, oh, well, that's just what happens over there. Why, why isn't it happening here? And instead, it should, it should encourage us to push in the to see it happen here. It should encourage us to um, drive us to more dedication to Jesus. It's meant to encourage and not discourage. And so these uh, Macedonian Christians, they give a little, they have to help their fellow Christians, but that comes after they gave themselves. They gave uh, to help the poor in Jerusalem in Romans 15 and 26, where I pleased them of Macedonia and Acacia to make a certain contribution for the poor saints which are in Jerusalem. Giving of ourselves shouldn't just be a thing we do uh, because other Christians do or they have done it. It is talking about the Macedonians giving and talking about their sacrifice of self. Paul slips in another example of someone who gave of himself. He says in verse um, 2 Corinthians 8 and 9, For you know that you know the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that even through his poverty might be rich. He through his poverty might be rich. And so he gives this example of Jesus. He's not just describing someone who gave of his stuff. And this is what we need to get. He's not just describing Jesus who just gave. He had everything. It wasn't just giving of his stuff. This is an emptying that he's talking about. He was this and he became this. He was rich, but for our sakes he became poor and he emptied him. He emptied of everything so that we can be rich. And obviously he's not talking about money here, but spiritual wealth. Galatians 1 and 4 says, Who gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us from this present evil world according to the will of God and our Father. The greatest offering we can give is ourselves. And when we give ourselves, we can expect to be spent. None of you notice that. When we give ourselves to God, God, God will spend us. And there's days when it feels like, I'm done. I got nothing left because I've been spent. There's days I go home and I don't got nothing. Nobody talk to me. Some days you might notice, <laughs> I don't really stick around and talk so much. Not that I talk a lot anyway, but... Sometimes you just you're completely spent. There's days where we're completely spent. Nona Freeman said, we're always asking God to use us, and then we complain when we feel used. 
funny how that works. Now, there's going to be days when we feel completely spent because he's working through us. That's what he does. But real change begins when we give ourselves first. We're always putting, you know, um, stipulations on everything. When we're younger, it's, you know, when I graduate, when I get a good job, when I get married, when I settle down. And then it becomes, you know, when, when the kids grow up. You know, I got so much going on here. When the kids get older, then I'll, then I'll be more serious about it. I'll give, I'll give myself to him. And, uh, you know, when things fall into place, you know, I got a lot of stuff happening right now. A lot of things going on in my life. And when these things get, you know, like settle down, calm down a bit, then I'll do it. Or, you know, when work slows down, it's really busy this time of year. You don't know. It's the holidays. I don't got time. Everything's it's busy. Well, and then you know, I got to rest after that, and then it's busy again. And so when things, you know, when things open up, where as soon as I get this done, and we keep putting it off longer and longer and longer, and we keep we'll keep giving up our, our our stuff, though. We'll keep giving up the things that we have, and we'll give in the offering, and we'll come to church, and we'll pray, and, and you know, when we're here, and we'll do our best to live right, and we'll do all the things that are expected of us, and we'll except give ourselves completely over first. We'll just keep putting that off and we'll try to do it backwards. We'll do the other things and hope that that makes up for us not surrendering to him completely. And that's good enough, we'll say to ourselves. And that seems to be the thing that people <laughs> notice when we moved here. That seems to be the thing that everyone kind of lives by. That's good enough. Good enough. It's fine. Good enough. That'll, that'll do. But I need to give myself first. And yes, give those other things. Give in the author. Pay tithes. Sacrifice. Give time. Come when we have work days. Give your talents. Use them for the kingdom. But give yourselves first. The Macedonians, they didn't have a lot. And their little contribution probably didn't affect all that, all the much in you know, the, great, the grand scheme of things. But the fact that they gave themselves first changed that. It affected Paul. Even though... He, enough that he felt that he should write it down to inspire other churches to do it. We need to give ourselves first to God. Too many people claim to be Christian, but we don't pray. We don't do what the Bible says. We don't make it out to church. We don't live dedicated and holy lives. We may give in, in an offering, and they may be around to help you know, when they can, and, but their hearts are off. And we're ever going to have any sort of impact on our world or on our families or in our communities, it starts with us giving of ourselves first to God and surrendering ourselves to Him. We need to be dedicated to Jesus first. In Luke chapter 18, there's a rich young ruler, and his problem was that he wasn't ready to commit with everything. He wasn't ready to be that dedicated. He wasn't ready for the dedication that Jesus was asking of him. The other disciples, they had left everything. To follow Jesus. After the story, I think it's Peter says, Hey, we've given up our homes to follow. We've left our homes to follow you. And maybe this guy, this guy had a lot of stuff, and Jesus said, Get rid of all of it and follow me. And he's like, I can't. And he went away sorrowfully. Maybe he was willing to give some of his stuff, but all of it was too much. He wasn't ready to sacrifice, he wasn't ready to give everything. And that's where some of us are right now. We're willing to give some. As long as we have some stuff left over, we're willing to give some of it. And so we can be comfortable. We're willing to give some things, but we're not really 
ready and willing to give ourselves. Does that make any sense? I hope it does. We've got it backwards. We think because I do this or I do that, it's fine. But he's asking for ourselves. He's asking for us first. He's asking for our hearts and our lives uh, first. Trisha, I don't know. Your turn. And again, I'm not, this isn't saying not to give other things. That comes after. But it needs to start with us giving our, ourselves. I don't know if you noticed, or you know someone like this that's just totally surrendered to God. They may not be the best singer, but when they sing, my goodness, does something happen? They may not be the best speaker. <laughs> may get all the words mixed up. May say the wrong words. When they're surrendered completely to God, things happen. They may not, you know, may not be the most eloquent, but when they pray, you can feel something happen. A lot of missionary friends we know, they're not the, probably some of the, if you had to rank preachers, they wouldn't be at the top. A lot of these guys. But they're willing to go, and God uses them. And just because they've surrendered to him they're not giving of their gifts a lot of them aren't the most talented they're most you know we got missionary friends they're, they're in another country that doesn't speak English and they're butchering the language but God's using it and then we got other people that just mastered it they're not willing to go. And so God's using them. And it's incredible what he's doing. I told you before about that service I preached in French. It just, it was a chaos. It did not, I couldn't, I'm not good at French to begin with. But the guy couldn't understand me to interpret to the other language. And it was just, it was, it was the most awkward thing. Because I was like, I don't know how to say it anything. I just got, I'm just reading what I have. I translated it to French and I'm reading it. I can't, I can't freestyle in French here. I don't know what you want me to do. And it was, took a couple other people trying to help me. And we finally got it. And God just stepped in in a mighty way. And it was incredible. One of the most powerful uh, altar services I've ever been a part of. It wasn't because I was given my talents because I didn't have much. I didn't have any talents to give. It's because we were willing. I was surrendering to Him. Okay, so I'm not saying don't give other things, but it starts with us giving ourselves. And when we do that, God can do incredible things through us. In 1 Samuel 12 to 15, we find the story of Saul. And we can see his heart as you read these, through these chapters. You can see his heart drifting from God and, and the decisions that he makes and you see the lack of respect that he has for for God and the, the lack of love that he has for God and the things of God and, and then chapter 15 it all comes to a, to a head and he disobeys God but he thinks it's going to be fine because he's planning on giving a sacrifice of the best things he's planning on giving something else the best he says we've saved the best things for God even though God told me not to do it he's always going to give him the best and God rejects him. And the Bible says obedience is better than sacrifice. And we've been told just to give our best to him. And that's true. But first we need to give ourselves to him. 
and surrender to him and obey him. That is more important than the things that you can give. And then when we do that, he'll take the things and he'll be able to do more with that. And total, we give ourselves first to him and total and complete surrender. Romans 12, 1 to 2, this seems to be coming up a lot lately. So that I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. A reasonable service, a thing that's expected of us, is that we give ourselves completely to Him, surrendered to Him. And giving ourselves means going. Maybe where we don't want to go. It means stepping out into something new. It means giving ourselves over to prayer, giving up some other things if we have to. It means pursuing holiness. If we truly want to make any impact on the world, we're going to have to give ourselves first. And through giving of ourselves, He can work. And when we then and then we give what we have. And through this, our world is impacted and lives are changed, but it starts with giving me. Give. They gave themselves first. 2 Corinthians again, 8, 1 to 5. I'm going to read in the English Standard this time. It says, We want you to know, brothers, about the grace of God that has been given among the churches of Macedonia. For in a severe test of affliction, their abundance of joy and their extreme poverty have overflowed and the wealth of generosity on their part. So these folks, they didn't have much. They were extremely poor, but that flowed into a wealth of generosity. Verse 3, For they gave according to their means, as I can testify. Which is what is acceptable. You know, that's what's expected. Give what you, what you can. And it says, And beyond their means of their own accord. I didn't even tell them to do it. Their own free will. They did this gave beyond their means and said, begging us earnestly for the favor of taking part in the relief of the saints. They gave according to their means and beyond that. They were begging to help. Take this. Take this. <laughs> I want to help these other people. I want to give. I don't have a lot. I don't have very much, but I want to give. I don't know when the last time is that we begged to help someone. It doesn't sound like a thing that's ever happened. Please let me help. Let me give. I don't have it. I'm just going to give everything. Let me help these people. I'm going to give it all. And to this, it says, verse 5, Not as we expected, but they gave themselves first to the Lord and then by the will of God to us. He said, we didn't even expect this. How were they able to do this? He said, first, they gave themselves to God. And that's what it starts with. And when we do that, it doesn't matter how much stuff we have. He can do more with poor churches of Macedonia than he could with someone else with all the money in the world. First, give ourselves to God. We start with that. And then see what he does through us. And then we give of what we have. But first, it starts with ourselves. Amen. I know it took me a while to get to the point. I hope we got there. We're going to take some time this evening. Take some time in prayer. Open the altar if you want to come. We'll pray with you.
want to give us some time this evening to dedicate ourselves to Him again. Make sure that our heart's in the right place. To make sure that our priorities are like that. To be surrendered to completely to Him and giving ourselves to Him. That's what He's looking for. We're trying to fool ourselves and just give other things. That's fine. But He's asking for me. He's asking for my heart. He's asking for my life. He's going to do something through it if I'm willing to surrender that to Him. First, they gave themselves to God. Amen. I'm going to stop. Find a place this, this evening. Let's pray. Let's do that. Let's give ourselves to Him. Hallelujah. He can do so much with a life surrendered to Him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Surrender to Him.